Hello, everyone, and welcome to the 8 to 5 Club podcast. It is so great to be back after, you know, enjoying the holiday season. As you guys know, my name is Jared Gear, one of the hosts here. But today, someone very special that is important to the marching arts activity, and I'm going to hype her up because she's not going to do it, but I will, is <laughs> Miss Deja Simmons of the Troopers Drum and Bugle Court. Now, before I let Deja kind of give her own little introduction, to my knowledge, Deja is, and somebody please correct me, but Deja is the first African-American female drum major ever to be a part of a DCI organization. And like I said, she's not going to hype herself up, but, <laughs> you know, she, you know, aged out. She was around in around, I believe it was 21, right? Yeah, I was drum major in 21. Drum major in 21. And then literally, I think that was the first sense of representation um, that I've ever seen, especially within a Black female sense. But, you know, today, Deja and I are going over, and as you can see the title of this episode, Servant Leadership is Dead. And here is why. We've had many one-on-one -on -one conversations in regards to this concept of constant servant leadership when it serves an organization, but we're here to tell you as two instructors of Silent Command, our own approaches when it comes to leadership and benefiting the organization. But first, of course, Deja, kind of let the audience know who you are, what you're about, and you know your own philosophy behind leadership. Yeah, I marched uh, on Baritone for the Troopers in 2019. Uh, and then, of course, 2020 didn't happen. And in 2021, I was a drum major, uh, and I've been uh, teaching at the Troopers ever since. So in 22, I was a low-brass intern. And in 23 and for the 24 season, I am a low-brass tech, uh, specifically euphonium. But yeah, so, I mean, everybody has different perspectives of leadership. And, you know, we always talk about how to get people involved in leadership and finding leaders in your band or in your drum corps. And for me personally, it was the title servant leadership that got me to be a leader, uh, especially when I was much younger in high school and everything. And I was always good at not necessarily telling people what to do, but finding something to do and having other people help me do said thing. Um, and then as I got into college and being a drum major there and then obviously in drum corps always finding the thing that I needed to do was what kept me I think being motivated to be a leader but obviously we all have not necessarily a horror story but one or two instances where we think is this really what my job description is as far as a leader you know and that's why I love the fact that we're trying to move away mostly from servant leadership and kind of into a new horizon of service leadership right and like advocate leadership and finding something new that isn't that will I think come away from so many horror stories based in this servant leadership that has existed for as long as I know for sure and I think the way that this 
I guess, conversation because me and Deja be on the phone and we be we be getting very, very <laughs> passionate about, you know, you know, oh, our yeah. perception of it. But I guess for me personally, the way that this kind of sparked right now, mm -hmm. I did my first drum course season ever in 2022. And there was, you know, not necessarily a horror story, but there was an instance where I was kind of like, OK, this definition is very uh this term can be manipulated in many ways. For example, uh, at least my little rendition, I remember there was one time, I forgot what state we were in, but you know, we I had a team of four drum majors. The four of us were all doing something within the organization to, you know, benefit the show, this, that, and the other. And I remember I was I was the one that was on my ladder. And I remember doing something, whether that was like tonal energy. Overall, I remember it was something that I needed to study for the core for the show. And a staff member came up to me. And I remember seeing this individual off in the distance. And like, they had to overall make a conscious effort and more work to walk over to me. They, mm -hmm. they passed two of the two of the people on team hands already. But they walked all the way over to me and they came up to me and they were like, hey, since you're not doing anything, can you go be a servant leader and get me some tape? Now, knowing how my mouth rolls, <laughs> it, took, it took everything out of me to not be like, what? Like, like who was he talking to? But I respectfully you know, how to be like, um, the, the tape is on the 50 yard line. Like it is at every rehearsal. I said, Oh wow! I think that you can get it yourself, which I feel like a lot of staff dependent on the staff, because there isn't like a, what I've noticed is like when, when staff are selected, they're selected mm -hmm. on experience and yes, they may have an interview or they may have connections, but there is right. no like, okay, let's test this out. Like there's no, other than, you know, what some organizations do, like Troopers, where they do an internship to kind of feel out the yeah, person. Yeah. Um, a lot of organizations do not do that, especially at the high school level. At least here in Georgia, I know for a fact that not a lot of them do a good job. They're like, oh, you did drum corps? Come on in and let's, right. you know, come teach our kids. But um, yeah, this individual came up to me and made that statement and, you know, it, it was, you know, that could just be that individual and how they interact with people. But it was a right. term, can you be a servant leader and go get me some tape? Oh, that's what they said verbatim. That's what they said verbatim. And okay. they they walked, like, they passed the tape themselves. They passed a drum major that was closer to the tape. I was all the way on the backfield. Right. And had to come up to me, they saw me, and I guess from the outside looking in, I'm doing nothing. But, you know, I think that there was, there's definitely a term, you know, that's better for that. But that was kind of the first red flag. And then the second red flag was I was doing a clinic somewhere. <laughs> and this organization asked for me to come and do some leadership, leadership slash drum major help for this right. um, organization. So the so the organization asked for me to come down and do some leadership training and some drum major assistance. So I flew all the way down, whole different state, right? Flew all the way down, and then I'm just seeing their rehearsal. Now this was during the the middle of the marching band season, 
And I knew that the next day they had a competition. So it must have been like a Thursday or something. Then I'm looking around. I don't see the drum majors yet, which there was three of them. I don't see the drum majors yet. And then, you know, one of their staff members comes up to me and is like, do you or do you want any coffee or anything? Me thinking that it's him. And then I'm like, oh, no, I'm good. Like, I'm, you know, I'm perfectly fine. I'm just observing. And, you know, he told me that the drum majors got the staff coffee. I said, oh, like that is, you know, me thinking that this was the choice of the children. I'm thinking right. like, OK, this is this is so nice. This is so sweet of them. So then we, of course, get into our one on one with uh, blocks. And mm -hmm. I'm like, oh, that was really nice of you guys to go get um, coffee for your for your for your staff member thinking that it was just him. And they were like, no, they, you know, it's a requirement for us to get coffee for our staff, you know, whenever they need it. Cause the, 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 the uh, Starbucks was the walking distance of the school. You can see it and walk to it from the practice field. And in my head, I'm like, what? And then they were like, yeah, like, you know, that's just what servant leaders do here. And I'm like, mm, I'm like, oh, I said, I don't necessarily know few that, you know, you know, I kind of let that slip by. And then, you know, the staff, they're enjoying their coffee and they're just like, I mean, they the the staff were just so OK with making these students kind of get anything for them. Come to find out, you know, the, the drum majors at that said school do everything for the staff that sometimes aren't even related to the organization. Like really? picking, up, picking up something for one of the staff members' kids or since the kids. Get, so that's where I am very triggered on the fact that the term servant leadership is right. so manipulated. And people at certain clinics or organizations like throw that in your face. Like, oh, you got to be a servant leader. Now, me looking at myself as an African-American individual, you are not going to look at me and say that I need to be a servant leader. And regardless of what you believe, whatever it was in the past, for me personally, that is just something that I just cannot do. And that is what Deja and I are here, you know, to kind of spread light on and make it, you know, bring more awareness to the fact that there are various types of leadership. Now with Deja, yeah. you know, you've had the opportunity to not only be a part of the marching arts, but you are very big on sports. What is the, yeah. you know, what are some of the similarities and differences that you may see from sports leadership that can potentially save the stigma behind the marching arts leadership? Right. Oh, I love this question. So, yeah, growing up outside of doing band and even before I did music, well, I think I guess it was simultaneous. Yeah, I played basketball very heavily. Uh, and into college a little bit. And growing up, I was captain of the basketball team. In high school, I was captain of the basketball team, one of the, one of the captains of the basketball team. Um, even in like summer league, I was captain of the basketball team. Uh, and then into college, I was, uh, I played D3 college basketball for a couple of years. In my second year, I was captain of the basketball team for my team. Um, and I think the biggest similarity between being a captain and being a drum major is that you need to know what's going on all the time. 
um, as far as understanding the music, doing score study, understanding, and in the marching sense, obviously, where everybody is on the field, what the drill is, who to look at, who you're getting time from. On the basketball floor, you need to understand who goes where in this play. What does the defense look like? What does the other team's offense look like? Do we need to change the defense? Do we need to change the play? And it's a much quicker recognition of what's happening in basketball, which is the main sport that I played compared to band, obviously, because band, you have one set of a show. You have you have a set show that you do every single time and you perfect that as best as you can. In sports, you have a set of plays in multiple aspects that you run multiple times so you know what happens. But as soon as that play breaks down, you need to know what's going to happen next. And it's the same thing, I think, as being a drum major. If the time falls apart, you need to know how to fix it. If a play falls apart, you need to know how to make another play. You need to know how to score. You need to know where the ball needs to move. Same thing as far as like being a leader, even if you're not a drum major, when it comes to sectionals for your section, you need to know your music up and down, back and forth, left and right, in and out. Not only your part, if you have multiple parts, you also need to know those parts and understand how to teach those parts to the people in your section. As a basketball captain, I was never a point guard. I was a very large child. So I was always a forward, power forward, maybe maybe a wing player. But as a captain, I had to know everybody's spot for every single play. Because if we're in the heat of a game and there's a freshman over here that doesn't know what's going on, I have to quickly tell her her job in this play that we're about to run. It's not her fault. She doesn't remember. She's a freshman, right? They're not used to these things. Freshmen in band aren't used to moving their feet and playing. And it is very apparent who's a freshman and who is not. So I think understanding the holistic view of what happens on the basketball court and understanding a holistic view of what your section has to do every day are, is one of the biggest similarities between being a sports leader and being a fine arts leader, especially in band. And obviously there's many, many, many other things, but the biggest one for me is having a holistic view of your job as a leader and what you need to do for your section. That's definitely interesting. But what you described just now wasn't servant leadership. And that's kind of the premise of this whole podcast as well. What I, I had a conversation with one of my mentors, future Dr. Marvin Reed. And if you <laughs> haven't seen him at Major Teach on Instagram, he is phenomenal. But, um, you know, he we were talking, it was a pretty great, and I use intense, not as like we were arguing, but like we were just so overly passionate that we were like, you know, the, the dopamine yeah. was hitting and all that other stuff <laughs> that you're going to see everybody say either servant leadership, right. because that's what we've used for centuries. And if you look back on the ans like the ancestry of how leadership was made, you know, right. that was used way back in the day and we still have it now. Mm, problem. But he said that we need to stop viewing leadership as a style when we use different playing cards each and every time. Now with you and your uh, basketball experience, you know, or let me back up. 
to my knowledge, based off of the conversation that I had with Dr. Reed, there are different leadership approaches that we use and need to use more of each and every day. Now, this is just what I've gathered from my notes. I don't know in what other, you know, PhD program, what other styles, but these are the ones that spoke out to me, right? So you have an authoritarian leader. Sometimes you need to just say what it is, how it is for the betterment of the situation yes. that will overall be better for the group. For basketball, in many ways, you just had to be in, in those milliseconds because we will say that basketball is a little bit more, at least during the game, is it's way more intense than right. you know, a marching band competition. Um, mm -hmm. but you know, sometimes you have to make those hard calls. And I feel like some educators kind of stay in that authoritarian role because I'm the head band director, I'm the assistant band director, I'm the percussion or color guard director. Right. Nobody knows more than me. And they stay there. And that's not really involving the relationships, you know, within the organization. Now, there's transformative leadership to where there's something wrong with the system at play. And the people within the organization are trying to transform, you know, what is new or what, what has already been done, a.k.a. us making aware that servant leadership isn't the only approach to you know what benefits any program you know of course we have the servant leadership which provides service to the organization but then again what's wrong with servant leadership is that the wrong people clearly can take advantage of that and if you are a student or a person in drum corps or a college student and you have to think back to like wait am i picking up dry cleaning for my band director what does this have to do with the benefit of the organization that I'm a part of? Yeah. And I know that may be nerve wracking, but understand that these band directors have bosses and it's just one quick file report. If they are not yeah. doing their job correctly, which is, you know, what we are trying to understand. So then there's democratic leadership. If the entire group is down, how are you listening to other perspectives in order to bring it back up, regardless of whatever your political status may be? Hand in hand, there's, you know, the I said transformative leadership. There's transformational leadership where you're involving some encouragement and just reading the room. And I think that's what a lot of people that stay within this servant leadership role or authoritarian role, that's what they stay in. Right. And there's no way for you to like read the room. Like if you're a band director and you're just excited just to be doing all this stuff, but yet your entire band program is just depressed and it's just kind of there because right. their friends are there. I hate the excuse of, well, not that I hate the excuse, but like if they're like, oh, I'm just in it because my friends are in it. You're telling me you sacrifice all this money and you go into all this you know, you, you do all these things and you're the friends is the only positive part. That's on the band director to try to figure out what right. you know, what is you know best. And then one of the last terms that I've heard from him is ethical leadership. You know, best for the group, which encompasses everything, all the other approaches that we you know discuss just now is ethical leadership. What is better for the organization? And that may come with some moments where you have to agree to disagree. Mm -hmm. 
So it's just very interesting. Uh, it is. Yeah. I think all of them are very important only because I've been in each one of those roles at one point or another. And I think you do have to reach from each of them at different points. You have to understand what's going to work because like in high school as a basketball captain, I was an authoritarian. Like I was like, this is what's going to happen. This is what we got to do. We got to do it right now. And the other captain, she was very much not quite the opposite, but she led more by example. She was like, let me show you how we're going to do this. And me, I was always very vocal. I was like, this is what we have to do. We need to do this right now. This is where you go. This is where you need to be. And she was like, this is how we get there, basically. So we worked together in that sense. In college, I had to switch roles because the other captain was even more of an authoritarian than I was. She's my best friend. I can say that. But she was very much like, we need to do this. Don't ask questions. You move slow. Let's go. And I was more like, let me calm you down and tell you why we need to do this. We need to get here. You got to do it like this. And it was kind of not necessarily a good cop, bad cop, but it was more like a yelling at you, calmly directing what you need to do. And even in like band, same sense um, in band when I was growing up, I was also the authoritarian and we had my other best friends now who were the other band, the other, excuse me, drum majors. We're like, this is why we need to do this, but we need to do it now. And I see that in my own program here in Texas at the school that I teach at, some students don't know how to be authoritarian. And they have other people who are also section leaders in their section who are more of a servant leader, but both of them being a servant leader and neither of them being transformative or democratic, they don't necessarily know who to listen to or what to do. So we're learning to take all of these things and taking little pieces of them so that we can use them together in order to get where we, where we need to go to, basically, is what I think is a great way to kind of look at the future of leadership as a band member, leadership in a band organization, because you can't just be authoritarian. You can't just always tell somebody what you need to do, what you need them to do. Some people don't learn like that. Some people need to see what you're saying. Some people need to visibly understand why we're doing this so that they can do it or their brain literally cannot comprehend what's going on. Some people, some situations need a vote. Some situations need a vote. Some Sometimes you have to ask your other section leader who's also the leader of the section, I don't know what we should do. Let's Let's come up with some ideas and take a vote on it. Right. Sometimes you have to take the reins and be like, nope, this is what needs to happen because this is what the director said we need to work on. So we're not going to look at part A. You can look at part A in your own practice time. We got called out for part B. We need to look at part B. You know what I mean? So I think taking from all of those things is the best step forward in understanding a more well-rounded leadership model. For sure. And I when we when we make these statements I think it's understanding that I, you know, a lot of people within the fine arts and I guess similar within within sports in general, um, they want to be perfect. And we're not saying these terms for you to like write it down and memorize them. Like literally grab some flashcards, write down these various approaches and then with it, how to practice these authentically, it's within your everyday life. Like- 
how can you the, be the best leader within your own family in respect to whatever it is that you, the relationship between you and your family are or your job, you know, what, how do you pertain to leadership within that role or within your band program or within your um, sports team? How well are you a leader in that? Which also you being a leader doesn't necessarily have to be, you don't have to be captain in order to be a leader. There's been, I don't, I don't even think like, obviously there is, there should be a designated spokesperson to right. represent the sections. Right. But, mm -hmm. you know, Corey was the head drum major, but I still got asked the same amount of questions that Corey got asked. Same. Probably same with you at Troopers or yeah. the color guard captain got asked this or the veteran within the color guard section probably got asked the same amount of questions the color guard captain probably would have gotten, if not, maybe even more because people exactly. kind of see the head as like, okay, they already got too much going on. I don't want to bother them. Right. Yeah. I had to know everything Savannah did. If not, like, more, because if she wasn't there or if she was doing something, I needed to know. And obviously there were two other of us, but we all needed to know when to jump into action, right? When to do and what to do when somebody asks, because that's what that's what we're supposed to do. That's that's the servant leadership that is a model, right? You know what's going on and you jump into action when there's a problem. You're a problem solver. Right. You fix things. You don't. And I know it's like an exaggeration. You don't go get dry cleaning. You don't go get coffee. And obviously these are like very. I, and I don't want to say they they are isolated events because I don't know. I've never experienced anything that isolated as far as go get coffee. There's been some interesting things, but nothing as bad as leaving a whole rehearsal. Mm, yeah, so. I think that the, it's definitely something, you know, as educators, pay attention to how tone, uh, encompassing with all of leadership, I've noticed that tone and delivery are the main pillars of how well of a leader can be represented, right? Mm -hmm. It's just like, how is this going to come across? Somebody coming up to you as, as you are doing something you know, being like, go be a servant leader. That's wrong. And I think not many people are comfortable to call them out. But from an educator to educators, I'm saying that it is okay if your students want to, it's not a, it's not a whole stigma on, oh, these kids are different. These kids are rude. I'm thinking that it's more of a, the kids are ready to stick up for themselves that at least, right. and I'm not, I'm not that old, but that my generation would never do and it, it's something to be proud of because they you know and now granted there are very extreme circumstances where either the kids are dealing with a lot outside of school or whatever we have respect to that but if we're talking about you know the standard boa bands that we're all thinking about and if the the you feel as if the kids are quote-unquote challenging you no it's just you got to look at how well your delivery is and if right. the kids feel like they're being taken advantage of because it's the kids that are performing the show. Yeah. It's the kids that are having to learn the music. You didn't do it for 40 plus years. Yeah. You don't know what's going on. I mean, even, I mean, this is my first year teaching, but I mean, even through 
through college, through my undergrad, and through my grad degree, you know, they give you methods of, of how to have delivery uh, to students. And I have to watch myself sometimes because I have to remember they're children. They are kids. But what I do enjoy about, like you said, this newer, I guess, generation of kids is they do have a sense of self and they have a sense of how they want to be treated, which in my opinion is great. I love when my students come to me and they set a boundary and they're like, I don't like the way, not necessarily I don't like the way, but they'll say, this really bothered me the way you said I didn't do this right. Can you elaborate on that? And I'll be like, what What did I say that made you uncomfortable? What did I say that made you frustrated for you to think that I don't care about your further learning? Because some of my students are very intimidated by me. I, I go, I would teach at a school where they are not very exposed to drum corps. They're not very exposed to BOA. They are kind of exposed to indoor uh, indoor uh, winter guard, not exposed to indoor percussion or indoor winds or anything like that. So whenever I bring up the things that I've done or the things that I go to, they get very intimidated. And so whenever I say something has to be correct, or if I'm telling them that they need to do something better because they're not achieving it, they want to know if I just think that they're just horrible people. And I'm like, no. And I asked them, is it the way that I said that? Is it my delivery? And they were like, you were just very aggressive. And I'm like, that's called passionate. But I will focus more on how I display how passionate I am about your success. Because if they don't think I believe in their success, they're not going to try. And so that's what I do love about students setting boundaries and speaking up and having a sense of self. Because like you said, we can't do this anymore. We're too old. Legally, we can't do this anymore. And right. so they have to do, they have to perform our vision. But if they don't believe that we believe they can do it, they're not going to try, period. And you as an educator are just being willing to listen to them. Because there's probably a lot of students that try to go up to their band directors and state how they feel, but they're afraid to. You're displaying democratic leadership. We're going to play that card. <laughs> and, it, and, you know, you just, you're listening to what will benefit them? Because if it's a group of them saying the same thing to you, you're like, oh, well, I'm, I don't, you know, I'm not mad. I'm, I'm actually excited at the fact that you yeah. are getting better. But to them, they're like, whoa, you know what, you know, we, we've, we don't know what this looks like. We don't know how to feel, right. you know, you're showing democratic leadership on just being able to listen to them. And as, as people approach, whether that's a, a music educator position um, or if that's, you know, leadership positions um, after the holidays and going into March, April or whatever, leadership positions, those applications are are coming out. And, you know, something sparks within somebody to be like, you know what, I think I want to apply for drum major or, you know what, I want to apply for clarinet section leader. Mm -hmm. The best advice that I have is know your playing cards and yeah. use them. But like, if you want to be good at it, then you got to practice that within your daily life. There are things that I wanted. I, I got a nice house. There are things that I do not want to do. And there's some things that my sister says where I'm like, girl, please get up out my face. <laughs> <laughs> but if I really care about my family, 
you know, my delivery has to be good and I have to make right. sure that, you know, we may have opposing, you know, sides, but what, you know, what's the ethical leadership aspect of things that are benefit beneficial for the family. And you can apply that to your, your, your band organizations as well. Right. I think that's, I think that's very important understanding how you think you would be a leader and understanding your ideal leadership model. And I know we've thrown words out there like authoritarian, transformative, service leadership, democratic. And we all obviously have one that we lean towards mostly, but there are there are benefits to all of them. There are benefits to all of them. And for those people who think, well, I think I might want to be a saxophone section leader, or I might want to be uh, a woodwind captain or something like that, you desperately need to understand how, your strengths and weaknesses with the people around you as far as being a leader and which which type of leader do you want to be and you don't have to use these terms you can google leader terms there's crazy amount of books on how to be a leader but you do need to understand what leadership model best fits you as your personality even though we're throwing out all these words that doesn't mean you have to be one of these people you don't like I said, I had to transform from each leadership position that I was in. Even now, as a teacher, I'm coming into a brand new band program. I had to be a transformative leader. I had to take things that they already do and put them with the things that I practice and even put in things that I practice that they had never done before. And it's super important to me and I know also to Jared to take the things that you already know and take the personality and who you are as a person that you already have and kind of morph them a little bit into what you want to see yourself as being a leader or a previous leader that you had things that you didn't see that they did or that they had and how you want to change that for the betterment of your section and the betterment of your program definitely so within conclusion Servant leadership is dead. I, I I hate the term servant. Maybe that's just culturally, but, you know, understand that that term can be manipulated if it hasn't already. And there's probably a ton of you that are listening right now where you can instantly think of a moment where it was and you were doing something within the program that just wasn't related to the the main mission. Do not be afraid to speak up about that. And, you know, make make it aware that, you know, especially if you're paying for it, if you are paying to be a part of an organization and there is something that is making you uncomfortable or you're not understanding, you know, that point, speak up about it and, you know, make sure that people can hear your voice, but yeah, also think, understand. Oh, yeah, go ahead. I was going to say, sorry, I think that's very important, like having conversations with people. It's not scary to oh, talk yeah. to somebody about the way that you feel like they've spoken to you or the way that you feel like you've been treated. It is very, very, very important to be comfortable setting boundaries and talking to people about things that have happened to you from that person, even if they are a leader. And if your students aren't comfortable with coming up to you and telling you something, if your students aren't comfortable with coming to you and telling you something about something that happened to them in the band program, something that they did not like in your band program, whether you're an authoritarian, transformative, whatever you, and I've had to tell myself this, these are children. 
And this is a major developmental part of their life. Mm -hmm. And if you are an authority figure, a parental figure, if you want to be one or not, most of the time you are on accident. Think about how you're changing their perspective to other figures similar to you in their future. I'm not saying you have to be besties with your students. Uh, yeah. But your students should be comfortable coming to you and telling you things about your band program. They shouldn't be scared. And I think in some instances, because some band directors, excuse me when I say this, <laughs> are older white men. Oh, <laughs> Most band directors where I live, I live in North Texas, okay? Mm -hmm. And they are very authoritarian. It's their way or the highway. They've been doing this since before you were born, right? Mm -hmm. If you have that attitude as a teacher and your students don't feel comfortable coming to you, that will spread and they will soon be afraid of you. Mm -hmm. And your students shouldn't be afraid of you. They should respect you. Yes, most yeah. definitely. But they should not fear you. Mm -hmm. Students should never fear their teachers. Mm -hmm. In most instances, they should want to talk to their teachers. Yeah. And I'm not saying I'm perfect. I'm not saying anybody's perfect, but I cannot get kids to get out of my office. They will not leave me alone. <laughs> it's if your kids don't leave you alone, you're doing great. Good there job. You go. But if your kids don't hang out, they don't stay after rehearsal. They don't stay after practice. They don't come just tell you whatever's happening in their life. I would do some self-evaluation. Mm -hmm. And you, in order for you to build that relationship with your students, you've had to use various playing cards. Yeah. And I'm not saying I'm perfect. I'm definitely not. I've had students already come to me and be like, oh, do you hate, do you hate me? And I'm like, no, I, I don't. Thank you for coming to me and having the courage to tell me that. But I don't. I'm very passionate about this activity. So when I become aggressive, it's because I care about your success. But I think our goal as leaders to our student leaders is to be sure that they love what they're doing and they understand why they're doing it. Yeah. For themselves, not for you, not for the band, not for their section. Why do they want to be a leader? Look at this. Future Dr. Simmons, everybody. Okay. <laughs> Spitting spit the word. But yes, everyone, you know, as, as much as this title of this podcast can be so jarring, service leader, servant leadership is dead. More of servant service leadership should be applied and using the playing cards that are bestowed upon you um, in order to make your experience as a teacher great, make your experience as a member within an organization great um will just be better for everybody and a peace of a peace of mind what we want to do is just assist with understanding how all leaders adult or not can learn how to read the room and understand yeah. that you may need to use if not already these various playing cards given whatever situation is bestowed upon you again of course, this has been wonderful. Deja Simmons, again, like I said, may be the first black female drum major a part of any DCI organization, which speaks volumes, um, is over here spitting bars. And we are going to do a lot more investigative, you know, studying 
in regards to what are some ways to make this more aware? Because there might be things that people just don't even know. From college, they'll just be like, okay, well, as soon as you're a band director, you need to have servant leaders. And it's like, uh, okay, that may work for a certain amount of time. And then if there are students that are listening, you know, if you want your members, because you're in charge of your sections, if you want your members to have a good time, you got to read the room and see what are the members feeling. They're all yeah. going through different things. And who are you working with? Because there may be that authoritarian leader or there may be that transformative, ethical, democratic leader that you have to work with in order to make the overall section, the overall band, the overall community better. Thank you guys so much for listening to this episode of the 8 to 5 Club podcast. Again, I'm here with Deja Simmons, who is a rock star, and I am Jared Gear. Until next time, we will see you, if not already, within the new year. We have a lot more episodes planned ahead. Thank you so much for listening.